Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Pete McCall, and welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. This episode is going to be a quick fit tip, and to be 100% honest, I did not have this on my schedule, but after editing the recent podcast for both Tony Gentlecore and Jay Dawes, I'm inserting this in because both Tony and Jay how to deal with serious injuries, and as a listener, I don't want you to have to experience the same sort of injury, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that and what you can do to avoid that, and specifically, I'm talking about an Achilles tear. Both Tony Gentlecore, who's a strength coach, a well-known, nationally known trainer and strength coach, and Jay Dawes, who's a professor of exercise science, both guys are in their early 30s, sorry, in their early 40s, once upon a time they were in their early 30s. But both of them are in their early 40s and both have experienced recent calf tears or tears of their Achilles tendon. And what I want to do is I'm going to read from you an article that I wrote about four or five years ago for the American Council on Exercise. This is a very serious issue. I mean, when I used to work at a, I used to be a personal trainer at a gym in Washington, D.C. that had a basketball court. And and there's no lie that at least once a month, somebody was going down, one of the guys playing basketball would go down with a calf tear or with an Achilles tear. It's a very serious injury. So what I want to do is I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to read from this article. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And then I'm going to give you a few suggestions of what you can do. Because we're all going to be active. We all want to stay active. Whether you're in your 20s or whether you're in your 50s, we all want to stay active and be injury-free. And the calf is one of those muscles, the calf and the Achilles tendon, take a lot of beating. They take a lot of abuse. Every time you walk on the ground, a lot of force goes up from the bottom of your feet into the muscles of the lower leg. And it's not enough. You might think, hey, you know what? I work out. I go to the gym. I do some calf raises. I do some toe raises, whatever. That's not going to cut it. It really is not. If you don't prepare these muscles correctly, both with strength training or with a dynamic warm-up, you could very well be at risk of a a calf tear, of an Achilles tear. And as a listener of All About Fitness, that's not allowed to happen. My job is to keep you injury-free. My job is to help you learn how to use exercise and fitness to enhance your quality of life. And getting a calf tear that keeps you from working out for 6 to 12 months, if that happens while you're listening to this podcast, I'm not doing my job. So here we go. This is from, I, I did a series of articles called Functional Anatomy Series. These are now in Dynamic Anatomy. I wrote my book, Dynamic, my ebook, Dynamic Anatomy, based in part on these series of articles that I wrote for the American Council on Exercise. I'm going to have a link down below to this, this specific article in the show notes, but you can also pick up a copy of the Dynamic Anatomy ebook so you can learn a lot more about your muscles, specifically your calves, your hamstrings, your shoulders, and how you should be training them. So here we go. Functional Anatomy Series, The Lower Leg and Foot. Darius is a physically active 40-something attorney who enjoys strength training workouts along with uh, playing both pickup basketball and golf. Richard is a 30-something retail manager 
whose regular exercise routine includes resistance training, high-intensity interval training, and playing basketball at every opportunity. Now, to be one hundred, these are both people I know. Both uh, Darius is a friend of mine. That's a different name. I changed his name, but he used to take my classes. He, he plays. He plays basketball and plays sports regularly. This injury happened after he stopped taking my classes. It was after I moved from D.C. to Boston. And then Richard, is obviously I changed his name as well, is still a good friend. So these injuries happened to two other people, not just Tony not just Tony and Jay, who we heard about recently on the podcast, but these are two people I know personally who experienced calf tears. Besides their love of basketball, these two men, along with thousands of other men in their age bracket, have something else in common. They have experienced significant injuries in the lower leg muscles. During a basketball game at his health club, Darius suffered a complete rupture of the Achilles tendon, which took almost a full year to heal. Richard tore the peroneus brevis muscle in the bottom of his foot, which resulted in him having to wear a boot for two months, along with a lengthy uh, rehabilitation. The lower leg and foot have a complex structure of muscles, tendons, ligaments, and bones, responsible for withstanding significant stresses during upright activities like walking, running, or jumping. The lower leg and foot are the interface between the body and the ground. Every time the foot makes contact with the ground, it has to mitigate the forces caused by gravity, accelerating the weight of an individual's body downward, as well as the upward, as the upward impulse of force created by the solid ground. So pause for a second. This is called ground reaction force. Every time you step down on the ground, the third law of physics says that every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. So when your foot hits the hard ground, there's an equal and opposite force equal or greater than your body weight going upwards into your foot and into your lower leg muscles. Back to the article. As a result of the tremendous magnitude created by these two competing forces, recreationally active adults like Darius and Richard are at risk of experiencing injury to these muscles, uh, to, to the muscles of the foot and lower leg, specifically muscle damage on the bottom of the foot, including plantar fasciitis, and to the Achilles tendon. Real quick, just a little, let's, let's break down what this means. The plantar surface of the foot, the plantar surface of the foot is the bottom of the foot. The fascia is the connective tissue that connects all the bones. So plantar fascia is all the connective tissue at the bottom of the foot. So plantar fasciitis, an itis, anytime you hear an itis, bronchitis, uh, bursitis, that's inflammation. Itis just means inflammation of whatever part it's referring to. Back to the article. The foot and lower leg must have the mobility to facilitate a variety of forces and surfaces, yet provide the stability to push against the ground during walking and running. The human ankle and foot contain 28 muscles to control stability and mobility of all 32 joints which are organized into three specific regions, the rear foot, the midfoot, and the forefoot. There are tables down the article. So if you want to see a little bit more, if you want to see that a little bit more in depth, pull the link up, they'll be down in the show notes. According to physical therapist and founder of the Gray Institute, my mentor for learning biomechanics, Gary Gray, quote, personal trainers need to understand the role that the lower leg muscles play during gait, specifically how the foot functions when it makes contact with the ground and reacts as the body is passing over it. While it's outside your scope of practice as a health and fitness professional to diagnose an injury, it is completely appropriate to understand the mechanisms of common injuries to be able to design exercise programs that can help clients reduce the risk of becoming injured or help them return to their favorite activities after the appropriate medical intervention. Now, 
keep in mind, I write for, my audience is for personal trainers. So my job is to educate personal trainers, but I'm trying to educate you. So what this means is if you're learning the same information as a personal trainer, you can apply this information to your own workout programs. And what that quote meant is every time you walk, every time your foot hits the ground, there's an equal force coming up into your body. And when you walk, your body passes over your foot. When you take a step, if your left foot goes in front of your body and you step over while your right leg is swinging, there's a lot of force. There's force going down on your foot and there's force coming up from your foot. So an exercise program, no matter what you do for exercise, if you're going to be doing a lot of stuff that involves running, changing directions, playing tennis, playing basketball, playing pickleball, whatever your favorite activity is, dancing, whatever it is, you have to be aware of these forces so you can do the exercise programs to help you stay injury free. Back to the article. Understanding how the foot and lower leg function together during upright movement is essential to designing exercise programs that can improve your strength and resiliency in order to help you stay active and help you to avoid getting injured. So biomechanics of the lower leg and foot. Now I'm gonna talk through this, but I really invite you to go to the article link because you'll be able to see this at a greater depth and understand some of the things that you can do in your workout programs to avoid these injuries. The traditional understanding of the lower leg, specifically the gastrocnemius and the soleus muscles of the calf. So there are two muscles in the calf. The gastroc is a larger one, the soleus lies underneath that. Uh, suggests that they work most effectively to create plantar flexion. Toe raises both with and without resistance are often recommended as an effective exercise for strengthening these muscles. So real quick, plantar flexion is when you point your toes away from you. Dorsiflexion is when you pull your toes towards you. So what the large muscles, the gastrocnemius and the soleus do, is they point your toes away from your body. However, these exercises, like toe raises, could be a potential cause of common lower leg and foot injuries. Yes, the calves can point the toes, but during integrated movements, such as walking or running, they're responsible for controlling motion of the foot as well as supporting mobility of the hip. When it comes to how the muscles of the lower leg function during upright activities, um, it is like walking, running, and jumping, it's important to know how all these muscles and joints work together to create successful movement. Instead of helping to improve performance of one, one joint or one muscle, effective strength training programs should train the entire leg and hip together as a single unit. That's exactly what I cover in Dynamic Anatomy. That's exactly what I cover in Smarter Workouts. Because think about it, when your right leg is in front of the body, and for the YouTube audience, I'm gonna angle this down a little bit. I don't think I prepared, uh, I don't think I prepared my couch, but that's okay. For the YouTube audience, when your right leg is in front of the body, and you can't really see that, so I'm gonna bring this up. When the right leg is in front of the body, the foot's hitting the ground. As you step over the foot, the hip is controlling that motion. So your foot and your hip work very intimately together. When your foot hits the ground in front of the body, it experiences what's called what, what's called pronation. So the foot kind of rolls out a little bit. The hip experiences internal rotation. That motion, pronation at the foot and internal rotation of the hip, turn on your glute muscles and engage your glutes to work in all three planes of motion. So if you want strong hips, if you want good looking glutes, if you want strong legs, it's best to train from a standing position. Because sitting in a machine like leg extensions or leg curls, you're only using one joint. You're only moving the knee. But the knee is stuck between the foot and the hip. So if you really want to develop strong legs, your foot, your knee, and your hip have to all be working together. Look at soccer players. One of the reasons why soccer players 
lacrosse players, rugby players, all have really nice legs is because when they're running, doing multiple changes of direction, the foot, the knee, and the hip are working together. Dancers, same thing. Martial artists, the same thing. If you want really strong, good-looking, injury-free legs, I really I, I, I implore you to train from a standing position. Back to the article. This installment of ACES Functional Training Anatomy Series examines how the muscles of the lower leg are designed to function as an integrated unit to help the foot, the foot, the muscles of the foot and lower leg are designed to function as an integrated unit to help the foot convert from being mobile when it's in front of the body to being stable when the foot passes over it to push off against the ground. Muscle contains two primary types of tissue. One, the inelastic contractile element of, of actin and myosin responsible for creating the shortening force and the elastic component of connective tissue and the fascia interweaving between every individual muscle. So your muscles actually have two components. They have the contractile element, which shortens to generate force, and they have the fascia and elastic connective tissues, which transmit the forces created by the, the shortening fibers. The contractile element initiates the forces required to move bones, while the elastic tissue and fascia lengthen in response to applied forces. Muscle, the contractile element shortens, the fascia is designed to lengthen before it shortens. The muscles of the lower leg are an excellent example of how these two properties of tissue work efficiently to, to produce movement and remain injury free. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop with the, with the article here and I'm going to stay focused on this because that's the biggest issue when it comes to strengthening the calves. What a lot of people do, and I've seen people do, is they do calf raises, right? Think about that. With the calf raise, you're working the contractile element. You're working that, the muscle fibers. But when you jump, Tony, if you, if you heard that interview with Tony Gentilcore, Tony was sprinting. And I think Jay, Jay Dawes was doing the same thing. Jay was sprinting. Sprinting requires a lot of lengthening force to go into the tissues. So they require fascia. The, the sprinting, the changing directions, the jumping requires the fascia to be able to load efficiently in order to generate that force. So how can you strengthen the fascia of your calf, your foot, and your lower leg to remain injury free? Number one, jump rope. If you're going to be playing a lot of basketball, if you're going to be playing tennis, if you're going to be doing a lot of activities where you start and stop and move in multiple changes of direction, my recommendation is when you want to train your calves, train jump rope. But here's the thing. Don't just jump up and down. You've got to move your feet in all directions. So as you jump, you should turn your feet in to point inwards for a little bit. As you jump, you should turn your feet out to point outwards a little bit. Without the jump rope, do little... And this is the way I warm up before any time before I do jumps, any time before I do sprints. The way I warm up is I jump in place about 10 or 12 times. I just jump up and down in place about 10 or 12 times. I wait about 30 seconds. Then I jump doing like jumping jacks. I move my feet out and in. So I jump, move my feet out, jump, bring my feet in. I do that about 10 or 12 repetitions. Then I wait about 30 seconds. And then I jump like I'm slalom skiing. I turn my feet in and out, in and out. So that's the way I warm my calves up before I know I'm going to be generating a lot of force, before I do sprints, before I do box jumps. I do 10 or 12 jumps up and down, straight up and down like I'm jumping rope. I do 10 or 12 jumps like I'm moving my feet out and in like I'm doing uh, jumping jacks. And then I do 10 or 12 jumps of where I'm just slaloming, moving my feet, rotating. What that's doing is warming up the tissues in all three planes of motion. I do about two or three reps each before I go do any other activities they're going to be higher force or higher dynamic. Other things that you can do, 
lateral lunges, moving, lunging from side to side. If I'm lunging to my right, I keep my left foot planted into the ground so I get full lengthening through the tissues. I do, I do transverse plane lunges. I do multiple planes of motion, changing the foot position up. The idea is that we want to train with our feet on the ground, but from different positions. And if you want to be explosive, if you're going to do any jumping type activities, if you're going to do any, any sprinting, you've got to warm up slowly. Because here's the issue, and I talk about this in the article, and I mentioned this in the podcast, is a lot of times we might show up, we might show up to play basketball, we might show up to play a sport or activity, and we might do a couple things, a couple static stretches, and think I'm warmed up. But a static stretch just lengthens the muscle. It does not do anything for the connective tissue, for the fascia. So especially if you're going to be playing basketball, and if you've been wearing dress shoes all day, your, your feet have been in a little bit of a heel. There's been a little bit of an elevated heel there. So your feet have been, your feet have been held in a slightly plantar flex position. So it's very important that if you, if you go from wearing your dress shoes to wearing athletic shoes, training shoes, court shoes, that you take some time jumping jacks, just some different multi-planar lunges, jumping rope, moving your feet around different directions while you jump. Spend five to 15 minutes warming up your feet, getting them used to the basketball shoes or the court shoes or whatever you're wearing because your foot and heel is going to be a different position. Because if you want an injury, it, I can't guarantee you how to stay injury free, but I can almost guarantee you how to get an injury. Go from wearing your dress shoe, put on your workout shoe, and go right out on the court and start running around. The first time you go up for a layup, you're probably going to be at a pretty high risk of, of tearing that calf, of tearing that Achilles. And that's what I do not want you to do. So when you put on your workout shoes, after you've been wearing your dress shoe all day, give yourself at least 10 to 15 minutes to warm up. You could be doing jumping jacks. Do those little jumps I talk in multiple planes of motion. Do jump ropes, even like little fast feet drills. That's where you just chop your feet in place really quickly. Running, running in place is one way to warm up your calves. Do something, some type of low-level explosive activity to get those calves ready to move. Because I do not, I mean, you've heard two, two top strength and conditioning professionals, Tony Gentilcore and Jay Dawes, who's a professor, they had calf injuries. They know this stuff, but they get caught up in the moment and they forget it and they get injured in six, 12 months, it takes them away. One of the guys in that article that I referenced was a trainer and he that, that had an injury. So again, he knows better. I'm trying to give you this information because I realized that as, as I was editing these, I'm like, you know what? I'm recording this in July of 2021. You might listen to it at another time. But as I was editing those interviews and I, and I heard that both top uh, fitness professionals had these injuries, I'm like, you know what? I want to make a quick fit tip so I can keep you from getting injured. So there we go. If you want more information, I have the article down below in the show notes, Dynamic Anatomy. I go into how you should be training your muscles for how they move. Smarter workouts, I do the same thing. That's why I wrote those books, is I want to give you guys this information so you can enjoy your favorite activities and stay injury-free. Hey, with that, you can always reach out to me, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. Go to my website, PeteMcCallFitness.com. Sign up for my mailing list. I'll send you one or two high-quality emails a month. You get a chapter from Smarter Workout so you can try it before you buy it. And just, I'm here to keep you injury free. I'm here to help you get out and enjoy all your favorite activities so you can use your body the way you want to use it. Hey, with that, thanks for stopping by. And I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.